0: Hello. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm good.
1: <sighs> well, this has been goose chase,
0: <laughs> <laughs> guys. Dave tried to ruin the episode. I didn't try to
1: ruin anything. You tried to ruin the episode
0: tr- by skipping.
1: Nobody knows that we do a little stupid dance at the beginning of every episode. I feel episode. like
0: have we not m- mentioned no. that? No. Only our guests know about our ritual, but he tried to skip the ritual, guys. The ritual, rituals are important. They I'm are. I'm the first
1: one to admit that. I forgot yeah. about our every episode ritual.
0: Yeah, 91 episodes, the 91st episode.
1: We didn't did do it for every episode. We started somewhere in the middle, I'm sure. Of we it. did
0: start somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It was definitely after moving to this room.
1: Yeah, that's right. But we have a ritual where we listen to the theme song and then we do stupid dances to it, and like weird dance moves. Yeah. And the middle fingers. Usually inappropriate in yeah. some way. And I tried to skip it because I forgot.
0: Yeah. How dare you?
2: Eh,
1: I dare.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're um, not into this bit. It's no, okay. <laughs>
1: Can't muster enthusiasm for it. I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. Um, mm. Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> What? That's, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. <laughs>
0: but <I'm, shh. sighs> <I'm> um <up. sighs> so So catch up. Let's do some little catch up. Little ketchup. A little ketchup and mustard.
1: Uh, we have not been in this studio for basically two weeks. Y'all. Uh, last week we just, uh, you ended up working really late and it just didn't, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. So when I'm scheduled to close,
0: it just sucks because I'm supposed to work until 730, but we have to work until we're done and I, it's about 30 minutes away. So by the time I get home yeah. and try to figure out something to eat, it's just impossible. Right. So <clears throat> didn't happen last week, but. It happened this week. Yeah, right. Well, it's happening now. <laughs> it's happening right now. Um. Yeah. Oh my god! And right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Um. But last weekend we had a nice little treat. Because what, what happened? <laughs> Dave earnestly asks. Yeah, because he can't remember. I just
1: can never remember <laughs> what happened
0: ever. I know I can't either. Usually, but normally we host. Normally we host our friends on Sundays. Yeah. And this Sunday, our friends hosted us, or one of our friends, um, Matt and also Claire, Yeah, hosted us at their place for a Friendsgivingsmas meal, and it was amazing, and in true our friends' order, we brought way too much food, a good food. All of our friends can cook.
1: Yeah, we god, we are we are surrounded by friends with a lot of talent in a lot of things. Yeah. They're they're very all very lucky. funny people, and they're all very clever people, they all yeah. cook very well. They're yeah, Matt and Claire
0: things. did a really good job with the meal. Everything they made was very very yummy. Yeah. So thank you for that he, guys. Uh, but
1: he gave me the recipe for how he made the turkey and oh, I'm yeah? super going to do that for New Year's.
0: Um, I
1: am, I'm very excited about that
0: <laughs> So so that was really fun And they have a dog Named Hemi mm-hmm. Who's just a so good. good boy That's a, that's a good dog yeah, yeah. yeah He's good, he's chocolate lab And he's really cuddly and also wants all the food mm-hmm. Well
1: you know what but, dog doesn't want all the food It's true
0: Um, But I had a lot of fun there And uh, had a good really time nice. hanging out
1: Yeah I enjoyed it too
0: And then the day before, I had gone to a wrestling event. You did not go.
1: That's right. Okay. Uh,
0: Local wrestling, Real Action Pro Wrestling is the name of the promotion, shortened to RAPW. Yeah. And my brother is now a part of that, and I'm friends with many of the people Mm -hmm. who do that. Um, John, also known as his wrestling name, Bouncer, is in charge of that. He does a really good job with it. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. i I went to two in a row. I went to the Halloween one and then I went to, this was their Thanksgiving one, Yeah, which was also the anniversary of their promotion. So they had a bunch of people who used to wrestle with them, but don't anymore come back for a Royal Rumble thing. And that was a lot of fun. The Halloween one, they had a Royal Rumble, but it was, everyone was in costume. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they do a really good job. Like, you know, they have their character storylines and arcs, and yeah. it's so good. My favorite it's thing so is the fun. audience who, yeah.
1: who are 100% convinced some of them.
0: Some of them are of very it, invested yeah. in what happens. Yeah,
1: that all of it is, like, 100% for real. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a fun detail. It's, yes. It's the, 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 like, super fans were are like, oh, my God, did you see that? I hope they're all right.
0: Who will... message people who are part of the promotion in between shows and check on them and make sure they're okay because of what happened at the last show.
2: Yeah,
0: Stuff like that, which is very sweet. Right. Um, But it it was a lot of fun, and my brother wrestled. Uh, He got the crap beat out of him. (laughs) Because um, to sum this up very quickly, at the Halloween um, event... Some stuff happened where there was an I quit match and to force the other wrestler to say I quit, Mm -hmm. a wrestler who goes by the name of Kip dragged the other wrestler's wife into the ring and threatened to do a wrestling move on her. Um, The other guy said, Bill said, I quit, but he did the move on her anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the big inciting incident. So at last weekend's show, they were having a match Because that's how you settle your problems when someone assaults your wife. Sure.
1: Yeah. um, You meet him in the ring, not like in a court.
0: Right. Well, he did. He was arrested.
1: Oh, is that part? Is that part of it? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So um, they have an unsanctioned, unsanctioned match, and my brother came out dressed as Kip. Yeah. Um, and so the wrestler Bill was like beating on him cause he thought he was Kip. And then it hit the, he wears like a bandana around his mouth. It fell off and he realized it wasn't Kip. And then when he turned around, Kip was in the ring, which was actually done very well because I was busy looking at my brother getting beat up and I didn't even <laughs> see him like go into the ring. So wow, right. very good use of misdirection there. That's but, interesting. um, so there was that. And then my brother was a part of the Royal Rumble. So. It was a lot of fun. And the the best non-wrestling part, I won a 22-pound turkey.
1: Oh, my God. What an <laughs> awesome win.
0: Yeah, it's, I put in... And I didn't even tell huge. you that wasn't the only thing they were raffling.
1: No, you did tell me there were other things they were raffling. You put in oh, for okay. other items.
0: Well, it's one raffle.
1: Yeah,
0: so, okay. like, they just draw three times for the raffle prizes. okay. And one was like uh, a Bloody Mary kit or a Margarita kit or something. Mm-hmm. And then one was a t-shirt that wouldn't have fit either of us anyway. So I really <laughs> didn't want that. And then the turkey. And I was like, please, yeah. let me get the turkey. Oh I God. put in a bunch of tickets. It's a massive, massive turkey. It's a big old baby.
1: That's going to be... I already am kind of bad at carving a turkey. That's going to be a special kind of challenge.
0: Nah, it'll be okay. Mm. Maybe we should get one of those electric knives.
1: Yeah, one of those, like, uh, turkey carvers. I
0: think they had one at Aldi. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe we should go back for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even that
1: it's hard to cut through, though. It's that... It's just awkward. The anatomy of that bird is weird. Have you ever carved a turkey, broken a turkey down? I have not. Okay, so there's lots of it that makes sense. (laughs) Like, the breastbone of a turkey makes sense. Because you have the middle right right there, and you just kind of run the knife underneath, and you hack off the breast meat, and then you have just the breastbone there. And that makes sense. And then everything else is this confusing yeah. where, like, I know that the bone kind of goes... Like, how do I get the knife into the right spot to separate I'm this sure bone? there's
0: a diagram. Or uh, we should watch there a are. YouTube video on the best way to carve a turkey.
1: I've watched people do this. I just can't figure it out. Once you get in there, once... It's like... It's like... <laughs> how, it's, okay, you know what it's kind of like is those... The corn maze, where we went to the corn maze, and mm-hmm. it's like... I can read the map. I'm already uh, lost. Yeah,
0: I was having a really hard time (laughs) placing. I think part of the problem when we went to the corn maze is is it was the end of the season.
1: The walls were all, like, kind of
0: Yeah, it was a little bit trampled, and so it was really hard to see what actually was path and what wasn't, and that made it a little harder to relate where you were in relation to where you were on the map. Right. But... Yeah, that was a challenge that I was not up for. It was my birthday, and I was like, "Everybody else, lead the way."
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a very confusing experience. Yeah, much like carving a turkey.
0: Yeah, sometimes you get lost in that turkey, and you just can't find your way out, and you have to uh, text a special number for them to come get you.
1: Yeah, right. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's confusing breaking down a bird, even if you know what you're doing.
0: No, I understand that.
1: Um, but I want to get better at it. <clears throat> I know. And a big old very, honking turkey is a good excuse to learn. You know?
0: For uh, people who don't know this about Dave, every now and then we'll just be like sitting around and he'll go, I want to get really good at making yeah. insert food item here. <laughs> yeah, right. So sometimes it's pizza and yeah. pizza dough. Sometimes it's turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, we You did a practice turkey. Yeah, the practice turkey ago. turned out okay. It was good.
1: There's a lot of leftover meat on that bird, though. And that's what I'm getting at. Is it's hard to like get all the meat. Oh, off there I see what you're saying. Without leaving a bunch left over. Yeah. You know? Like I can do. I can hack off this, that, and the other thing, but getting all that meat cleanly carved off the bone. Well,
0: with a 22 pound turkey, it kind of doesn't matter if you get all of it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's true too. Um, it might
1: matter because if this year is anything like last year, there's going to be too many people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually want to start talking to you. We don't not on the podcast, but about yeah. the party and making plans for it and all that Just
1: stuff. Just Getting ready for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a whole to do, and we have like uh, a month and a half before <clears throat> it happens. So. Yeah, it's going to be great. <sighs> yeah.
2: <clears throat>
0: so. Anyway. Anyway. It feels right. That maybe we should break up some stuff right now. Not We're not breaking up. Maybe we should break up this podcast. Wow, you
1: picked a weird time to tell me
0: this. It feels I, you right know, that we should, we should break, break up. <laughs> that was poor phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> and not in any way intentional. It feels, it feels right. right that we should break up.
1: It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Thank you for choosing this highly public and embarrassing venue for telling me that. Uh,
0: like this is live. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> break up the podcast a bit. Oh. by playing a game.
1: I like that more. <laughs> what, kind what kind of game? Yeah. What kind of game? thinking about.
0: Have you ever heard of an internet game called Trues and Flues? No. Oh my god, the dead air! <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you need to, me, to, me, to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's
0: time for truth and flute. Time
1: to play truth and Time to play truth Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing a famous game, a famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for truth and truth. A Merv Griffin production. All right. Well, tell, tell me the what tell uh bruh. Why don't you tell me what trues and news is? <laughs> I <don't know>. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Started off rough here.
0: Ooh, well, Trues and News is a little game, a fun game, an internet game where we both <laughs> I can't do it. You're making faces at me and no, it's cracking try me. Again, up. Try
1: again. Sorry.
0: Trues and Fnews is a game of fun game, an internet game. I can't look at you. Where we, I will give you three headlines. Two are false, also known as Fnews. One is true, also known as Trues. And you got to guess which is which. <laughs> oh, Nailed it. No, you <laughs> messed me up. You kept making these weird faces at me. Uh,
1: yeah, it's fun. And
0: then um, he was doing the speed up gesture. Yeah,
1: which is admittedly rude and uh, throws anyone I off the game. I started
0: it. Yeah, you did.
1: Um, yeah, I want to play that game, goddammit. Are you ready? I think so.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. All right. First headline. hmm New Jersey Institute of Technology students are told to choose new mascot when their contest winner, the Fighting Ferengi, is deemed culturally insensitive.
1: Ferengi.
0: (laughs) The dog just made a weird noise. Yeah,
1: what's he doing out there? I don't know what he always does. Fighting Ferengi?
0: Yes, like Uh, the Star Trek. That's what I thought. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Go on. All right. Second headline. Real Goose attacked several tourists at annual Goose Statue Festival in Nipawa, Manitoba.
1: <laughs> if that's true, that's very strange. All right. All Third right.
0: one. Iowa paid a security firm to break into a courthouse, then arrested employees when they succeeded.
1: Wait. Okay, I'm going to have to hear that one again, but... If that's the case, that's very... uh, Well, okay. Never
0: mind. Want to wait for the recap? (laughs) Yeah,
1: give me the recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: New Jersey Institute of Technology students are told to choose new mascot when contest winner The Fighting Ferengi is deemed culturally insensitive. Okay. Second, Real Goose attacked several tourists at annual Goose Statue Festival in Nipawa, Manitoba. Nipawa. Nipawa. Okay. And third... Iowa paid a security firm to break into a courthouse then arrested employees when they succeeded
2: <sighs>
1: that can't okay so here's the thing that third thing happens all the time. They definitely hire people you know different uh, you know businesses for example will hire a company to hack them to demonstrate how vulnerable they are here there or whatever mm-hmm. the idea of then arresting them, that would be such a big that would be such a big mistake. That makes I just I don't understand. I can't imagine that really happening.
0: Okay. Um, well, what's your? <laughs> oh
1: my god! I'm really irritated.
0: Um, I like we, watching and try to logic them through.
1: Because <clears throat> if that happened, that's that seems like really just like reprehensible if they would actually arrest people for doing that job. Because that's like white hat hacking is a thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, goose thing could be real. Goose thing could be real. If there's a goose statue festival, it would stand to reason it's in a place where there's geese. And people care about geese there. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Canada
0: goose. And I
1: don't think the Ferengi thing would be considered inappropriate or insensitive. Because it's a Ferengi. It's not a real thing.
0: People find a lot of things. <laughs> You're right.
2: You're
1: right. You're right. Uh, oh... <clears throat> I'm gonna go with I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the third one only because I don't think you wrote it, but I can't believe that they would do this. So I'm going with three.
0: You are correct? No, no,
1: yeah. I've never been more disappointed to be right.
0: not <laughs> only so this this happens like you said, this happens all the time. yeah, so uh, a firm is paid to test the security of. A business or organization, in this case, the state of Iowa. Yeah, and sometimes this is digital security. Uh
2: huh. So
0: it would be like any websites they have or anything where you have like secure data.
2: Yeah.
0: Especially like companies that have like member information or billing information. Yeah, stuff store like a lot that. of people's personal
1: <clears throat> information. Yeah.
0: And sometimes it is brick and mortar security. Uh-huh. Like in the case of the courthouse in Iowa, where they want to see how easy would it be for someone to break into here. Um, so these two gentlemen from Coal Fire, I think is the company they work for,
2: okay. were
0: sent to the courthouse to, to see if they could break in easily or how easily or if they could at all.
2: Yeah,
0: And um, pretty quickly they located a door that had been propped open. Okay. So there they go. They're in. But to further test it, they close the door and then reopen it to see like if they could get back in or what happened and it set an alarm off. So then, you know, security and police come to them and usually in this situation what happens is they present their ID. And explain what's going on, and they have proof of their contract with them because right. they're prepared for this situation. Right. And usually that resolves it. It right. doesn't go as far as them being actually arrested. Um. In mm. this case, they were arrested.
1: Okay, they, like, didn't believe
2: them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, they believed them. They were still arrested. Mm. They were charged. And it seems like what's really happening is that there was some miscommunication between the sheriff and the state. Okay. And it just seems like maybe the sheriff felt like someone was pissing in his oatmeal a little bit. Like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was not his decision for them to do this, and maybe he's trying to prove a point. It oh. seems like they're caught in the middle of something else that has nothing to do with them. Yeah, I guess. But they were charged. And then to... To correct it, they lessened the charges from um, burglary to, (laughs) like, breaking and entering, which is... uh, uh, That's not fair. Yeah.
1: It's a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor,
0: yes. So, this... I think this might have happened maybe as early as September. There's been articles out about this since, like, September of this year. Uh There's one in October, and the most recent article was in November... Um, But this is still going on. And the owner of the company they work for has come out putting pressure on them, saying, like, this is not okay. Yeah. This is their job. They were paid to do this. We Mm -hmm. have a signed contract. Your dispute, the sheriff and the state having a dispute has nothing to do with these two guys who were just doing their job.
1: Yeah. Plus, also, I would like to I I would think that the next time they go to do (laughs) this job or do this business somewhere else, they may have a hard time securing a contract because they have breaking and entering on their record
0: yeah and also that if if this stands this is a huge deal for security firms
1: yeah
2: right
0: that's a huge deal that will affect an entire industry yeah if this stands and so far it seems like it's been months and i didn't see anything about them dropping the charges and they basically are saying well if this is if you're making this a thing about professionalism it'll it'll wash out in court
1: I but, don't like that at all. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's a real thing that happened. In <laughs> Iowa.
1: Yeah, in Iowa. Well, gosh, it seems like maybe maybe the thing was that if they, in <clears throat> fact, found vulnerabilities that would make someone look bad, maybe it was the sheriff's department that would look it bad. It seems like it. And so... It seems like
0: it, and he seems to have not <clears throat> been on board. Or maybe... Maybe it was a situation that they weren't informed in, and yeah. in they're salty about that or whatever. It's not the fault of the guys doing their job.
1: It's really uncool to put that on them.
0: And in, in if in the future, I see it going, it's going to make the jobs of these people harder. I don't see the this ending, like the industry going away. Right. Obviously, because it's necessary. But I feel like they, in order to secure contracts, they would be like, doing more even more due diligence Mm and checking with whoever where the courthouse was and being like hey are you okay with this but the state probably didn't want them in on it right they wanted to know on an average day how easy is it for someone to compromise the courthouse like right they they don't want you to necessarily be prepared and be like, well, we're coming at this date and time batting down the hatches. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like, right. The, like, the whole na- the whole nature of those things is to, you know, catch people when they're off guard. Yeah. Which sure has to piss people off more than not because someone always looks bad.
0: Yeah, but it's not the fault of the people doing their job. No, it's not. God, that sucks. <clears throat> I able to figure shit out. Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah, so a real goose did not attack tourists at an annual goose statue festival.
1: That was a clever one. That was was a good one to write. Which is, as far as
0: I can tell, is not a thing that exists, but it should.
1: Goose statue festival.
0: Yes, because goose statues are a thing, and people dress them up. What? Yes, this is a thing. (laughs) What are you talking about? goose statues like like a lawn ornament kind of thing people usually put them on their porches oh okay and then buy outfits for them i want to do this so bad if you can't like i want a goose (laughs) and they get like little bonnets and dresses for easter or like put a bikini on them in the summertime and like it's really funny
2: yeah
0: um so i was like well that could definitely be a festival like have like a contest for the best dressed goose or like, you yeah, know, that's fun. And then sometimes real geese salty. <laughs> <laughs> I have to interrupt things. Oh. Um, and uh, no one was offended by the fighting for Rangi.
1: I, you know what, that one, the thing is, it really tempted me. But... I su-
0: try to sweeten the deal by making it an institute of technology. Like if anyone yeah. was going to choose it to be. The fighting Ferengi. <laughs> it would be like an Institute of Technology.
1: <laughs> those, those were, those were good dupes. Those were well written.
0: But were they good spoops? No, mm. they
1: were good news. All right. Um. But yeah, thanks. That was good. That was fun. I can't oh, believe man. those poor guys.
0: Yeah, I, I. So when I originally picked that to be the truth, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And so I checked today before going on to see if there are any updates, and I haven't seen any update on that. So. Oh
1: my god, it's so annoying.
0: Yeah, if anyone has more insight <clears throat> into that or knows more about it or has a personal investment in in that fucked up situation, let us know because I'm interested to see how people are yeah, feel me about
1: too. that. Um. Well, okay. Well, why don't we why don't, why don't we uh, um why don't we take, take a break? A, take a break. Yeah. All right. Why don't we do that? All right. Um, uh, I don't have any middle segment. Uh, and this might be a slightly longer topic. Not not really that long, but there's gonna be it's,
2: it's well fine. whatever.
1: <laughs> whatever it's fine. So <laughs> uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back in a minute with the main segment for this episode.
2: All right.
0: All right. Boing boing <laughs> <laughs>
1: We are so back. Uh, I it's uh, so it's been two weeks since I did this research. So, mm-hmm. trying to remind myself what I wrote about, <laughs> um, which. It will be will be fun. I'm excited about this one.
0: I know you were excited. You Dave is pulling something out of his pocket. <laughs> right, I, have, I have scraps I have of ripped paper.
1: Uh-huh. I, have, I have I have I have a demonstration, which I, won't happen until later.
0: You did tell me that there was going to be a demonstration. Yes. I'm just making sure I know what I'm doing. Uh, oh, my God, Bo. Uh,
1: did I? Yeah. Okay. So this one goes up. Sorry, this is horrible radio. Um, let me put so the Davis
0: fiddling with paper. But, uh, there's, there's three pieces. They're okay. folded. He's putting them in front of him in yes. different places.
1: These are uh, these are the the demonstration. All right, he's, all right. Next. He's
0: putting them around his can of Milwaukee's best <laughs> ice. Nasty like old Like some kind dad of beer. tribute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm setting those aside for now. Those are just hey. those. I just had to sort them out. Um. Uh, so this topic is one suggested by Jason, who I used to work with. Um, I don't know okay. if I told you this. I don't think you did. But, uh, <coughs> he was, uh, he was asking me one day what the uh, podcast was that we do. And, mm-hmm. and when I told him, he told me he had this idea that might make a good uh, topic, um, which I'll just jump into this right now. And it's numbers stations. Do you okay. know about these?
0: Yes, and I feel like we recently talked about them.
1: Yeah, I might have even told you that I was going to research this. I can't remember yes. for sure. Um, but
0: I, I didn't know when. I just knew it was something uh, you wanted to research, right. I think. So uh,
1: So this is, this is all about number stations, which um, <laughs> I'm going to start on them by saying, and I know you watched some of it. I don't know how many people listening to this watched Lost mm-hmm. when Lost was on. Um, I was a huge fan of Lost, as you Mm -hmm. know. Um Mm -hmm. I love it. We went on vacation
0: together once and the majority of the vacation everyone (laughs) was inside our house that was walking distance from the beach. Yeah. In like with the air turned to 68 degrees, it was frigid. It was a nerd vacation. under blankets, in the dark, watching Lost. Everyone
1: was nerds. That's why. That's true. It was a nerd vacation. I
0: did watch quite a bit of Lost. I did not continue watching it after yeah. that vacation.
1: I've now watched the whole show like twice or maybe three times. I can't remember. Mm. Um, I really like that show a lot. Uh, I think it's the only show that ABC ever made that I actually care about.
0: And um, then they uh, had a horrible ending. So, eh,
1: yeah, it's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. But, you know, that's like. <laughs> 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 uh, it's not what I wanted, but it was, like you know, whatever. Um, so basically, Lost was a cool show where people were crash, crashed on an island. Their plane crashed there and they, you know, they were abandoned um, and there was a. A very interesting sci-fi story that was building up on the show, yeah, especially like in the first season.
0: You, you, you get little <clears throat> details as you go about, like, just like increasingly weird happenings on the island where they're crashed and you get little bits and pieces of backstory and start yeah. to realize maybe... There's more to this than a freak accident and yes. little little things as you go.
1: It was a show that unraveled itself slowly, which I really liked. Mm. And it was one of those shows that you end up speculating with your friends in the week between episodes. And yeah. People or were in to... the
0: minutes between episodes if you watched it the way we did. <laughs>
1: That's true. Um,
0: <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it
1: had, like, a, a, a way of developing, like, a bunch of fan theories and stuff. And it was cool. Yeah. Um, and one of the things um, that is really cool on the show is <clears throat> they managed to find a working radio at some point, right And they're listening for you know some kind of <laughs> nearby broadcast or something they're trying mm-hmm. to basically reach help and they tune in to a radio station where they hear a woman's voice and she's reading a list of numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you remember the numbers from the show probably, which is four eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty three, forty two. Mm -hmm. I will never forget those numbers for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are burned into my head. But um, this is, this is, this was a cool mystery because it's, you know, it's like, uh, it's cryptic and it's, uh, it doesn't immediately become obvious why those numbers are being read. And then at the end of every time they read the numbers there's a counter of how Mm -hmm. many times it's been read. And it's just been going on for like a really long time. Um, So... That's a fictionalized account of something that actually happens. Um, All right. These numbers stations are um, a real thing. Um, they're not exactly like that, uh, but they're, they're similar. They exist in the real world. Uh, there are a lot of them. Hmm. Uh, more than you would I, think
0: i think when we talked about this you said you might research it but you didn't know how much there was if it was really going to be enough for a topic
1: right i wasn't sure if this was enough to talk about uh, i found a lot of information
0: well obviously
1: yeah <laughs> um so i want to look at the kinds of number stations that there are and uh, what we can learn from them and what is the most likely explanation for them
0: and then there'll be a test
1: uh, There sort of is. Uh, well, well, I'll I'll explain as we get there. Um. So yeah. Anyway, why would anyone create a radio station that reads off numbers? Is the question, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Uh. The question is, who would sink an unknown amount of time and resources into like building out this like schedule of transmitting numbers over the radio? And what's what's the goal with it? Uh, would be the the natural questions, right? mm Hmm. Um, according to Wikipedia, the earliest known number station was discovered during World War one hmm which surprised me that's a long time ago, and that's just the first discovered um who uh this is arch Archduke anton, a young boy during World war one um discovered the first number station transmission. his full name is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. His his full sure. name is He's an archduke. Well, that's the thing is like these like little little royal boys with eternal names are like a thing
0: because they, they can't let any name go. Right, any name that anyone's <sighs> ever had in the family. His name
1: was Anton Maria Franz Leopold Blanca Carl Joseph Ignatz Raphael Michael Margarita and von Habsburg Lorraine.
0: Ignatz. <laughs>
1: uh, Ignatz. I G N A Z. Ignatz. Ignatz. I'm going to say that again, because it's fun. (laughs) Anton, Maria, Franz, Leopold, Blanca, Carl, Joseph, Ignatz, Raphael, Michael, Marguerite, Nietzsche, von Habsburg, Lorraine. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds right. Born in 1901. Mm -hmm. Died the year we were born. 87.
0: Okay. All right. Lived a good
1: 86 years or whatever.
0: Yeah. Nice long life. You know what kept him, (coughs) you know, healthy and thriving for so long? All 27 of his names. (laughs) That's the secret.
1: Yeah. yeah, he would like recite them over and over we're in his head failing and rub a stone.
0: Yeah, something uh, like that.
1: Um, I am a little bit suspicious because I think he's probably just the first one to notice this. I think they probably yeah. were around even for longer than that. Yeah. Um and also because he's like an important person, I think whoever probably discovered it before him was probably forgotten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but his story was that as a boy, he loved radio. Uh, he accidentally caught like an import, something that seemed important, like a number transmission of some kind, and he brought it to the attention of the local war office and then kept bringing Like them. little boys do. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Uh, it's it's it was a little boy with a job for the war, apparently. Um, and he would bring them every day, the transmissions. He would bring them to the local war office. Hmm. Um, the... The most commonly attributed purpose of these number stations is to try to share some kind of information covertly, like the
0: so codes. Yeah,
1: codes exactly. Um, either with spies or you know, with, for someone else, it's information that is sensitive in some kind of some kind of way, right? Um, the numbers being read are typically some form of a coded message or a cipher, uh, where if you have the the decoder you can you can decode a message. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's essentially cryptography, which we'll get more into later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works, it works fairly well. Um, some some number stations don't employ like someone reading numbers, so some of them will be like uh, weird tones or odd like frequencies. Okay,
0: so it could even use something like Morse code or yes.
1: Yeah, it can use a a number of different means of transmitting that information.
0: Yeah. So as long as you have the cipher, as long as you have that part of the code. Yeah. Then it makes sense to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, And if you don't, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So one important feature of these is like since they're often shortwave radio, it's possible to bounce these signals all over the globe very easily. Okay, which is another thing that makes them really useful.
0: So it it's possible that people who the code isn't intended for are going to end up hearing it just by the way that these work.
1: Yeah, the people who the people who the code is intended for in almost any location on Earth should be able to hear them
2: mm-hmm. because
1: the the shortwave bounces all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a really reliable way to get a message across the planet. Um, So anyway, I'm going to talk about one of the more famous numbers stations uh, that was ever discovered. It was known as UVB 76. Um, It's like I said, it's one of the most famous ever. Uh, It was located in Russia at the frequency of 4625 kilohertz. Um, And when you listen to broadcasts from it, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit creepy. Um, It's. Primarily a buzzing two-tone pattern, like it'll make two notes and a Mm -hmm. pause, and two notes and a pause. Did you Um, get to
0: listen to this?
1: I did. You can listen. Is it still current? Yes. (laughs) Well, oh wait, no, no. Um, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, it is. It is. It relocated, which I'll get into. But yes, that signal's still out there. Um, I don't think it's any longer at forty six twenty five kilohertz though.
2: Um,
1: but anyway, it's once in a while the two-tone signal would stop. And someone would read numbers or a series of Russian names, which is really interesting and and creepy. Um. So, uh, the first time this was detected was in 1973. Um, it was probably operating before that, like you know, like is often the case. You know, when something is discovered, it's been around a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of thing you would associate with the Cold War for sure.
0: Yeah, I was gonna um, say that's. Depending on who heard this first, I'm sure there was a little bit of panic.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 not the only Russian station that does this, and it's been suspected for a long time that this was a means of like cold War communication.
0: What it's reminding me of is uh, stranger things.
1: Oh, yeah, there was a similar thing with... Uh, it
0: was a series of words, and they were trying to crack the code. Yeah, right. A series of words in Russian. Very much based on reality. I'm glad you mentioned that. I
1: forgot all about that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's very much based in reality.
0: Well, uh, that definitely, that takes place during the Cold War. That's they really... Yeah. I You know, <laughs> I'm just going to, like get excited about that show all over again for a second. But one thing I really like about that show, obviously it's fiction, yeah. but they do a good job of pulling in some truth, you know, a little bit of history of like what it would have looked like and felt like and, and making it real enough that it doesn't like break up the story for you.
2: Yeah. Right. Doesn't
0: take you out of it. Cause it feels like what the eighties during the cold war would feel like. And maybe how things would happen if there were like weird, maybe alien interdimensional beings, also Russians in your mall. (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like, yeah, like if all the weirdest possible (laughs) versions of what could explain this lore actually happened in your town. Yeah. That kind of thing. All right. Um,
0: Anyway, back to the topic. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: um, amazingly, um, so basically this thing went on from like, when it was first detected in 1973, all the way up until 2010. Um, at which point, the transceiver was disconnected and relocated. People had an idea roughly of where it was mm-hmm. by triangulating the signal strength. Mm-hmm. So they were fairly sure they knew where it was. Um, and then it was moved. And it's it's it no longer corresponded with where they thought it had been located before. Uh, urban explorers found the site... Uh, where it had been previously located. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pretty sure that they had found it. Um, they had good reason to think so. It, it was a bunker in Poverovo, which is like, uh, I think, northwest of Moscow. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's southwest. I can't remember. I looked it up on the map, though. Um, there was a bunker and that was no longer operational. And inside, they found a radio record log. Which confirmed that the radio that had been located there op- operated at forty six twenty five kilohertz, which is kind of a cool find, right? Like there's like cables and like control panels all over the place in the pictures. It's definitely a place you can see you used to do something. Yeah. And then this radio log that confirms it, which is nice and kind of creepy and fun, right? <laughs> um, here's some more weird details. <laughs> um. One of the explorers is a guy named Igor Evsiev, I think is how you would say that. Um, and when he was exploring the town that the bunker was located in, he encountered two people on his way like around the town.
0: Fun thing about those people he encountered, two of, two of them. them. Nobody knows Nobody what that, knows that who is.
1: That is. Um, so <laughs> one of the people he encountered was a man on a bike that came from a road that he knew led to a forest. So like a guy riding a bike just out of the forest, maybe, Mm -hmm. right? And then the guy passed him and headed into the direction of a field that he knew also went on for miles and miles.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So a guy just like rode his bike out of a forest and then rode his bike into a field, (laughs) which is weird, right?
0: Out of the forest and into the field. That's what they say.
1: That's the expression, all right. Um, The other person he encountered was a woman in her mid-40s. that that She was pushing a stroller, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... There was no baby in the stroller, which Ooh. is really creepy to me.
0: <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry. Where was this? Who was this person who saw so the man? guy's
1: name is Igor Esviev, mm-hmm. um, who is he's like the main credited urban explorer associated okay. with finding this. Uh, he's like a university student, I think. It's not like it's not like this is primarily what he does, but it's just something yeah. he's interested in. Uh, the empty strollers were really like weird and creepy. Yeah. So
2: and that
0: was around this location in
1: the town that they found the bunker in strange very strange um it's a town
0: full of spies
1: well it makes you wonder like the people that are left behind there like
0: or also just people who like to ride their bikes from forests into field.
1: you just wonder if they're like if they had something to do with the station or whatever hmm. um there's a lot of speculation about what the purpose of this number station was as with all of them right um, some people thought it was part of a system that was known as the dead hand or perimeter system, which was a it was a system that the Russians had designed to automatically trigger a launch of intercontinental ballistic missiles in the event that Russia was attacked. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically, a fail safe that would assure like mutual destruction. Yeah. Um. So I. Yep. I I guess the way that that would work would be that someone would ha- have to continuously essentially deactivate it. Mm-hmm. And then if there's no one around to stop it, it just goes off, which is scary. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people think that the buzzing sound is designed to render the frequency unusable, which is interesting. Like if you wanted to reserve a radio station for special communications, then you put a p- annoying buzzer on it so that no one can use the station. Yeah. So it's open just to you. And then when you want to transmit your messages, you turn off the buzzer. But like most of the time, no one will ever occupy that station for any other reason. Yeah. Which is, that's interesting. It means the buzzing doesn't mean
0: anything. That makes sense. Because when I use um, like a transmitter to play like Bluetooth. Yeah. To play stuff from my phone through my car speakers. Mm -hmm. The way you do it is you go through a radio station. And Uh you need to go through a radio station that doesn't have anything on it that's just static. Right. So if you want to keep people from being able to use your station, it makes sense that you would transmit some kind of noise so it's not free for anyone to exactly. use. Exactly. People don't end up sense. setting up on it
1: for some purpose. Yeah. Which is helpful. to so I get that. Uh, that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so oh, it's the, like
0: we're not going to mm. be using this 24-7, but we don't want anyone else to be using it. So right. this annoying noise until we need to actually say something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, here's here's another interesting thing in 2014, less than 24 hours after Crimea voted to join the Russian Federation, which uh, was widely regarded as an illegitimate vote, uh, like a fixed vote. Right. Mm -hmm. The station was heard to broadcast the following message. It spelled out T-E-R-R-A-K-O-T-A and then said Mikhail, Dmitry, Zenya, Boris, um, Mikhail Dmitri Zenya, Boris 81 26 and then spell it out again T E R R A K O T A Um Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> nobody knows what that message Nobody means. knows what this is. Um <clears throat> the Mikhail Dmitri Zenya, Boris uh is the call sign of the station, M D Z B essentially, mm-hmm. or Z H B. I'm not sure exactly how that's coded, but but the the other message no one knows what it means. Um but it does Lend credence to the notion that it's a there's code words involved mm-hmm. and the timing of that was you know relevant, so it's a uh, it's one transmission captured recently that people still are trying to figure out what it means and they probably won't, right? yeah. It's um it's almost definitely code so deep that no one would figure out what it meant. Um, so anyway, moving on, uh, Warrington, Virginia, we're going to Warrenton, Virginia. I can't wait. Uh uh the Russians are not the only ones that do this. um we do it too. uh we've been doing it for a while.
0: You're shitting me
1: we really do, and we really
0: are Are uh, you saying birds do it, bees do it, maybe even you and me can do it, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's fall in love.
1: Let's broadcasting code.
0: Let's broadcast code over uh, a number station
1: um <laughs> I <laughs> Uh so I read a very strange account by someone at the Daily Beast whose name is Shane Harris. All right. He remembers being age 10 and finding an old shortwave radio in a trunk in his house and he opened it and he skipped around the dial and he found a voice. And the voice was speaking numbers 76743 and then a pause and then repeat. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a, like a man's voice reading those numbers over and over. And he said he never touched the radio again because it just weirded him out too much. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, he said it like sounded like so, like so plaintive. Like it felt like someone was asking ask, for help. Yeah. Yeah. Something about it just made him uncomfortable. I can see that. hmm. Um, this is like a weird, disturbing thing. Um, as an adult he came to find out that this was most likely a broadcast on a numbers station that was operated out of Warrington, Virginia. Um, the broadcast would have been operated by the CIA and could only be decoded via a key. Um, so anyway, I'm going to... This is about where we look into the the example I've prepared here. All right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about cryptography. This part I find interesting... I don't know if anyone's going to find this interesting Mm -hmm. or not, but I really do. Um,
0: I am. I find codes very interesting. I'm not good at them. Mm -hmm. Like, and and yeah, this is definitely something you need to practice. You got me a Hunt a Killer box. And that is an exercise in several kinds of different codes because they're all over that thing puzzles Um, and
1: hidden messages yeah
0: probably at least like one or two ciphers per box yeah right um and it was really interesting but really frustrating and i did not figure it out without hints like (laughs) which to me like i'm okay with looking up hints for that stuff because i want it to be fun yeah sure so i don't care if i have to get a little help but someone who's a little more hardcore could i'm sure could figure them out they're very solvable but yeah just it would take it would take some yeah. inspiration
1: and some time yeah uh
0: it, i find them fascinating just not really good at them right
1: they're difficult but this is not quite so this will be a little bit easier to understand believe it or not anyway. um this is what i found really interesting about this is that if they're these are coded broadcasts how does the decoding work right mm-hmm. um So the article that I read from the guy over at uh, the Daily Beast, the the title basically said that no one could decode these messages. It's an old school tech that is undecodable. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, The reasoning for this is uh, encryption keys, essentially. And this is, so this is interesting because it's the same mechanism principally that is used in all kinds of, Like security, computer security, uh, um, all kinds of key-based encryption that you use all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's – this is a very simplified way of explaining how it works, right? All right. So the broadcast plus the key gives you the message, right?
0: Okay. So if you were the person supposed to receive this message, you might have several different keys – and so they're giving you the code and then they're telling you the key that you're supposed to use to decode it. And then you would use that.
1: Yes. The code is completely indecipherable without the key. So the key would have to be provided, right? Mm-hmm. Without the key, you couldn't even guess at it for reasons I'm about to get into. It's the math of it, uh, is that it's just so hard to crack. So let me. Well,
0: especially when you're using numbers. Mm hmm. There's like infinite possibilities for combinations if they can be repeated and
1: Yeah. I, I tried to do the math on this. <laughs> I, I tried to do the math on this. Uh where <clears throat> basically if you if you assumed that okay, so every single character in a message was shifted by a unique number, mm-hmm. right? That would be to to, to get the number of calculations you'd have to do to crack that puzzle would be 26 raised to the factorial X where X is the number of letters in the message, Mm -hmm. which means even an eight character message would have 208,827,064,576 solutions. No, that's a lot. (laughs) That's just for an eight character message, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. Um, I wrote someone check my math because I'm not confident <laughs> on that but I tried to like get at the at the math of this. Now if you were really really paranoid, uh you could also reassign the values of all 26 letters with another key which oh God, now I'm actually getting confused by myself. Um uh so that's basically if you oh my god. <laughs> It's confusing.
0: So it would be like, okay, this is the key that you're using, but it's like a key within a key. Yeah, basically, <clears throat> if you... So like solving the first layer gives you the second layer, and then you have to use a different key to solve that layer to get the actual message.
1: Yeah, yes. Basically, reassigning the values of all the letters with a yet another key makes it makes it so that... Even if someone could lay out all of those 208 billion solutions, mm-hmm. they still would arrive at all these different messages that didn't have likely any, that none of them were your actual message. There's mm-hmm. another layer of extrapolation. I did the math on that. That, oh, God. Here's the full number. four. It's 403 trillion trillion-ish. <laughs> Shush. I, yeah i had a hard time doing this i think it's that 208 billion raised or multiplied by 26 factorial mm-hmm. so that's like basically 403 trillion trillion possible results
0: it's a lot of results
1: it's a lot <laughs> this is very confusing to me um but so i built out an example of this because i think it's fun And we might cut a little bit of this episode out because there's a little bit of a solve to it, right? Yeah. But it's not principally difficult. So what I have here, this is a series of numbers broadcast over the radio, right?
0: Okay. So 5, 10, 12, 6, 17, 9, 4, 10.
1: Yes. Now, assuming... 5,
0: 10, 12, (laughs) 6, 17, 9... Four, ten. Right. Now, five. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay. All right, you got me. Continue. <laughs> so, now, assuming that this message is meant for you, mm-hmm. you've also been provided a key. Someone would have sent you out into the world with a key. They probably would have sent you out with a lot of them, actually. Mm-hmm. But you happen to know that that message corresponds to this key. So, the this way.
0: This is my key.
1: Yes. So the you way to solve that. this is essentially <laughs> to take your message and combine it with your key, right? So how you would do that is you would take your numbers and you would essentially add them to the numbers in the key. And then those would correspond to
0: a letter, of the to letters of the
1: alphabet. So um, while you're writing this down here, um, uh, I'll continue to talk briefly about the fact that. So it's, it's a really I, this is a really basic. Uh, concept in crypt- cryptography uh, that uh, you so basically your your spies in the world if you were going to do this you know th- if they've gone out they have a, a one or many keys provided to them mm-hmm. they only have to remember the frequency of the station to listen to that's the only part they have to remember um, if their key is compromised you know like someone gets the hold of the key or keys assigned to them. the the, the, it's still not the information still doesn't fall into the hands of the enemy. They would have to know the key and the station and which key was appropriate at what time. Um, Usually the keys are only used for a short while and then they're replaced or discarded. Um, So that means even if your enemies crack it now, even if they were to somehow figure out one of your broadcasts, um, by the time they go to use it on something else, the key has already changed. Which is another concept of this. It keeps it, you know, keeps it sort of, like, fresh and keeps it from being hacked. Um. So, anyway. uh, Yeah, the... <laughs> I keep losing my place. Once you understand this basic concept, you can understand how a lot of security works. You know? So... I, I wanted to use the example of Bluetooth pairing because I think it's a relatable concept. hmm So let's say you take your phone and you pair it with some device over Bluetooth. Um, the initial pairing process is when your phone and the device, you know, decide to pair with each other and they form a key between the two of them. So... You know, the, the key is created when you pair it. That key is referenced in further communications. So it's remembered for the entirety of the time that they're together. So unless you forget the the device and, and disconnect them, it'll always rely on that key. That's also why when you pair it, even if the thing disconnects, when you turn it back on, it automatically comes back together without you having to repair it because mm-hmm. they have a key and they're they're already listening for each other at that point um the only way your connection is compromised the only way that you can have like a vulnerability is if the key sharing (laughs) process is overheard you solved it
0: i solved it (laughs) what does it say it says it's trues yeah (laughs) (laughs) spelled t-r-o-o-z it's trues it's
1: trues so yeah by combining your broadcast and that key that's the that's the basic principle that makes this work and 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 key you know key based encryption even like like i said it's even just an eight character message is is so mathematically improbable to break mm-hmm. that's why it's still such an effective technology it's just it's math essentially it's like so many it's so many possibilities that it would be difficult mm-hmm. if not impossible to break without knowing the key
0: I want to make one of these for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah,
1: we could. We can make a little. Uh, we can make a little broadcast uh, 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 yeah, cipher or whatever.
0: Yeah, they could like email us for the keys, and then they have to wait for the broadcast.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's how that works. It makes sense, right? Yeah. It's a really old way of reliably getting that information into someone's hands without it being compromised. Yeah. Um, Makes a lot of sense. So I want to jump back into Warrenton, Virginia, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, if those keys are critical, how are they distributed? Right, those those keys <laughs> are super important to getting the message across. So that it's the physical weakness in the system. Spies carry those keys
2: mm-hmm. with
1: them, and if they're compromised. So would all the messages uh, be because they would be able to be decoded with that key or set of keys. Mm -hmm. Um, Assuming, of course, again, they knew where to find the messages in the first place. Um, So in that same article from the Daily Beast, Shane Harris claims to have been told by a former career intelligence officer that the keys were distributed in what is known as a one time pad, which is a booklet like small booklet. Uh, It has several pages which are full of numbers and every day the agents would discard the previous page. So there's a new code every day for broadcasts. Mm. Right. Um, so
0: it solves the problem of knowing which key to use because you use the key that is given to you for that specific day.
1: Yes. And every day, which is really interesting that constantly refreshing those keys. Mm -hmm. Um, the officer also said that some pages, some booklets were made with pages that were easy to dissolve in water to be destroyed, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, the, uh,
0: some self-destructed in 10 seconds.
1: Some turned into gum.
0: <laughs> like, huh. if
1: you put the page in your mouth, it would turn into chewing gum.
0: Hmm.
1: That's a weird one to me.
0: Bazooka Joe.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Need some ideas. Eat your spy craft.
0: I would like to eat my spy craft. Oh. Really would.
1: <sighs> anyway. <laughs> um,
0: that was dumb. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so stations like this have been used in the U.S. for a really long time, and they go all the way back to secret communications with Cuba, which is interesting to me.
0: Cuba. Cuba.
1: Um, just like that Russian station was operating oddly recently, like all the way up into the 2014, 14. you know, Crimea vote. mm mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the one that we, the Warrington station was, has been communicating, uh, with Cuba. or no, wait, no, 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 There's a, there's a, there's a, a Cuban station that broadcasts to us. Oh, okay. I actually think there were two. And those were operational all the way up into the mid 2000s, uh, including, uh, th- that Cuban spies were arrested in Cuba for using number stations to communicate to the U.S. Hmm all the way clear up into the 2000s. Really kind of ancient spy tech, but for obvious reasons, it's still <laughs> around. Bless you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, But anyway, we're kind of winding our way down on this one. But uh, despite the uh, fantastic <laughs> worldwide range of these things and the uncrackable nature of the broadcast, it seems like they're in decline.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the US, the UK and Israel all claim that they have stopped using them. Um, but there are still operational stations, uh, in Russia, Poland, Ukraine, China, and the Koreas. It is overwhelmingly Russia that is still using them though.
0: (laughs) I'm not surprised. No,
1: it seems kind of Russian. I don't know what that Mm -hmm. means, but it just kind of feels like, uh,
0: I like to think that they're not even transmitting like really Secretive information. It's it just like it's just like a grocery list at this point. <laughs> it's
1: like it might not be anything important. It's just a sort of like a deterrent <laughs> in the sense that it's like, oh, what are they up to? What are they saying? You know, mm-hmm. like maybe they've got something. You know,
0: and also if you're transmitting nonsense all the time, it it's a really good cover for when you're transmitting not nonsense. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Which I think is. A strategy that feels very Russian to me. Mm-hmm. It's like a misdirection kind of thing. Yeah. It just feels sort if of If we're like,
0: always doing it, then they're not going to know. Yeah. When um, it's something important. Right.
1: I think that's honestly, I think it's kind of the nature of it. Um, the, the, there are a lot of stations in Russia. Uh, they include the stations Eo 7 VO7, M12, XPA, XPA2, and XPB. Um, they're still active today. And they basically have increased in usage in Russia uh, up to 70% more broadcast schedules than in 2014. So over the last five years, they're up 70% in activity. Hmm. Um, there is a website called priom.org P-R-I-Y-O-M.org. Um, and you can go there and listen to these broadcasts daily, sometimes on the hour, sometimes on the half hour. Um They have a full schedule of number station broadcasts. And when they happen, uh, complete with destination targets, which is where they are fairly certain that they're meaning to communicate to, I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure how they compile all of that, but they, they believe they know, um, you can listen over the internet Hmm. and you can view the spectrograph as it happens, which is kind of cool to me.
0: What meaning? What does that mean? You can
1: see the, uh, essentially the, the frequencies light up and all that. Oh, okay. Um, I just find that cool. Um, You can use it uh, like in browser software to listen in real time to radio broadcasts around the world. Um, There are still whole communities of people doing this. Um, I just think it's cool. So the way that this works is that there is uh, a a software called Kiwi SDR. It uh, stands for software defined radio or defined radio, the SDR. And... It is so these these uh, these boards with radio receivers on them, about essentially the size of a credit card, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of the kind of thing like a Raspberry mm-hmm. Pi. Yeah. These boards, which mount to a BeagleBone board, which is.
0: BeagleBone.
1: BeagleBone is another credit card size computer like the Raspberry Pi. Okay. So you mount this, you know, Kiwi SDR board onto a BeagleBone computer. Um,. You install the software on it and you operate it out of your house. You know, mm-hmm. you can just set it there and it essentially has, if I understand it four incoming streams. So it can listen four individual instances to all the radio frequencies around it in the, uh, oh God, it says uh, zero kilohertz to 30 megahertz. Hmm. It's a fairly wide range. Um, and, if you visit a website called sdr.hu, you can find a list of over a hundred of these things that are out there in the world. Like people have put these and they plugged them in, in their house, and then you can listen to them from their location. So I can go to some little computer somewhere in Russia and be mm-hmm. one of four users who can actually tune the thing to different frequencies in real time and listen to what's going on and see it too. So you can see which frequencies are active. And then zoom in on them and narrow in and listen to the broadcasts on those specific frequencies. Hmm. It's super cool. <laughs> I did a bunch of these uh, last week. Um, I was listening to like Chinese radio stations and I found like some weird chirpy things that I still don't really know what they were. And um,
0: it's just their language. T- <laughs>
2: that's, that's not very
1: nice. Yeah, that's insensitive <laughs> for me. I apologize. But yeah, the, you can you can listen to stuff. You can go to a whole bunch of different places. There's one in Cleveland. I want to know who the nerd in Cleveland is that <laughs> set this up as if we have anything interesting to listen to in Cleveland. But maybe we do. I don't know. Um, I even use this. I I So I went to like a Chinese radio station and I turned it up okay. real loud and I put Google Translate on my phone mm. and I held it up to the speaker and was reading real-time translation of some Chinese radio station. Hmm. I just thought that was cool. That's cool. Um, But yeah, so the real appeal and allure of these things is that nobody knows what they'll find in there. It's why it's it's why it still has, I think, an enduring popularity with people is
0: people love a mystery.
1: Yeah. And if you're listening at the right time, you might catch something that nobody else knows happened. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's I think it's really interesting and compelling.
0: And if you beat up enough spies and steal their keys... You might be able to crack the code. Right.
1: You can win at Russia. Yeah. Russia, the game.
0: <laughs> Russia, the game.
1: Yeah, if you if you crack enough codes, you get to be Putin for like a day. Only a day. Yeah, just a day. That guy's not giving up a whole month.
0: That's true. Yeah. Well, it's Still enough time to go on a horse ride with no shirt on. <laughs> so anyway, yeah,
1: that's mostly it. That's all I kind of have on these. If you're... If you listen to this and you think that this might be kind of interesting to you, I highly recommend checking out uh, sdr.hu, priyom.org, P-R-I-Y-O-M.org. And also there's a site called signalshed.com, which also tracks these different secret broadcasts, right?
2: Hmm.
1: Um, That's it. That's all I got. That's it? That's it. I mean, that's a real problem. (laughs) The one thing that is frustrating about this to me is I can't i cannot no one probably can provide decoded broadcasts from these things like due to the nature of them they will not be cracked so unless you know exactly what to listen for you won't find it Hmm. um but yeah it's i mean there's a lot of them there's a number of them around the world and i think it's just kind of interesting that you know this is this is a thing that's been happening since world war one and somehow hasn't stopped. And it actually is increasing in parts of the world. It's crazy. It kind of reminds me of the X-Files. I don't know. It's yeah, just,
0: the, yeah. I'd be really surprised if they didn't have an episode, including number stations. It they, seems like the kind of topic they would tackle.
1: They probably do. They probably have something like it. I mean, there's all kinds of like, uh, get like,
0: Mulder and Scully on it.
1: There's all kinds of like cold war, sort of like, uh, like, uh,
0: Motifs. S-
1: spy type stuff that crops up in the X Files and Yeah. Yeah, it's you know the the secrecy of the Soviets and all that.
0: Cigarette smoking man.
1: Yeah. I can't really right. watch the X Files. But that's it. That's it. That's all I got. I hope that was interesting in some way. I um, thought it
0: was interesting and I got to crack a code. Yeah. I
1: actually had a solved one just here just in case. To uh to compare that against yours. you, you got it. It's trues. I'm. Happy oh,
0: to... okay. Like the, the math. Yeah. In, the, in the, case the, I messed my math up.
1: Yeah. That's the. Well, that's the numerical result, right? Yes. Yeah. Just in case. I wanted to have the answer handy.
0: I can math. Uh.
1: Are you good?
0: I'm <laughs> yawning.
1: Um. Anyway. Uh. So I guess that does it. Uh. That's, uh. That's this episode of Goose Chase.
0: Goose Chase.
1: Um. So thanks, Jason. If you're still listening to this, this was that was a cool topic. Uh, and you know, thank what? you, Jason. So I I guess he said his wife has been getting into this lately and reading up on this. And so if there's some stuff that I left out that's like pretty interesting, I would love to hear about
0: it. Or anything she's found that's interesting and wants to tell us about it, we love to talk about it on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just like a, this is like one of those topics where I know that there's probably lots and lots out there of, of discussion and theories and subgroups dedicated to it. So uh, yeah, definitely be interested in what you found. That's what the say. good
0: thing and bad thing about this podcast is that we try to cover a lot of topics because, you know, we're curious about everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that means, you know, we're not we're not in depth covering every yeah. single topic and yeah. Almost everything we do, there's like so much more research that could be done. So if anyone ever dives deeper than we do, mm-hmm. and you want to tell us about it or share stuff with us that we missed or didn't catch or whatever, mm-hmm. we are not opposed to that. We're, we always want to know more. Yeah, Definitely.
1: Um, so let us know if you know more about this or if you have more, you know, topic ideas or suggestions, uh, email us and let us know. Yeah.
0: Email us and say like, Hey, stupid dum-dums, you missed this.
1: Yeah. Right. I would like to be told if I'm a stupid dum-dum. Yes. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening again to another episode of Goose Chase.
0: Goose Chase.
1: Uh, we will see you hopefully next week with another episode. Hopefully. (laughs) We'll see
0: what happens.
1: (laughs) Uh, but, 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 uh, thanks for listening.
0: Bye. A goodbye. Alright. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com.
1: If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play.
0: Want to go on a goose chase?
2: Ooh, yes.